Welcome in, one and all. It's All Pro Lines, the podcast, comedy, football, talk. That's what we do here. I'm your host, Kostaki Economopoulos. Our guest is our old boy, Brian Miller, one of our favorite guests and a chief contributor to the joke riding around these parts. And it's Super Bowl week, everybody. I have an unusually strong collection of jokes today, especially considering there's no real football this weekend. Uh, we'll do some Pro Bowl comedy. We got that. We got that in the hopper. Uh, hello to some of our favorite folks, Ryan, Ron, and Jerry already in the in the comments. Good to see you, boys. Thanks for being here. It means a lot. Um, yeah, we got some announcements. Let's do a few announcements. Bet MGM, one of our one of our friends, and uh, I think that I think the the gambling rules are very strict. I have to be careful with the language. I think we have to say they're our friends. We can't say some of the other words that you might use here. Um, uh, our friends at Bet MGM, they have a really unusual offer. I'm sure there's some tricky, sticky points where you have to leave the money in and roll through it or whatever, but. You bet $5 and you get $158 in bonus bets. And the link is everywhere that you're looking at all pro line stuff. So if you use, if you're going to do it anyway, use the link and it's like a little thank you to the podcast that you love. That's all. Underdog fantasy also will match your initial deposit up to hundred bucks. That link is available too. all the social media platforms have a link tree thing with all the clickable stuff. Uh, if, and whatever platform you listen to this to, not on here, not on Facebook or, you know, one of the social media ones, but the platforms like Apple and the iTunes and the Amazon, wherever you listen to the podcast, go to that place and write us a five-star review that helps the algorithm know that we're doing good stuff and helps spread the word. So thank you in advance or in the past for that uh gigs i got some great gigs this is one of my favorite things i'm going to hastings the grand island nebraska universe has always been really good to me i've done new year's with them a couple times we've done some big theater shows we've done some gritty like hotel bar things back in the day i've been working with those guys forever i wish i could clone them and put them all over the country they do a great job promoting and get 100 behind comedy i'll probably tell jokes to like seven eight nine hundred people this weekend uh, over the course of two shows with them hastings nebraska this this weekend three weeks from now two and a half weeks from now i'm doing a little run of uh breweries that i put together myself the other end of the spectrum little tiny places that have beers grown-ups enjoying comedy and drinking weird beers together i love this kind of stuff i'm doing frankfurt kentucky huntington west virginia evansville indiana and owensboro kentucky boom 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 they're all bars. Three of them are actually uh, like microbreweries. Uh, so come see me on that little run. That'll be fun. Uh, all right. Hey, you know. Hey, Marge is here. What's up, Marge? Thanks for coming in. Uh, the two-minute drill. All right, I can clear my throat three times on a professional broadcast situation. I don't know what the what do the big time pros do when you got to do that. It just doesn't sound good on the radio or on the television or in a podcast situation. Apologies. Super Bowl week. It's exciting, man. I love it. I, this time of year, I always a little torn. I'm sad that football's almost over. I'm excited that some of the best, most exciting parts of football are ahead. 
Uh, I'm looking a little bit forward to not having jokes to every Tuesday morning and getting up at four something and prepping, and, you know, uh, but yeah, Super Bowl week is pretty cool. It's a, it's a, there's a lot of football news going on. It's not just the Super Bowl. It's all the other things, man. It's a tough week on the players too. You got this underlying anxiety the whole time. You got to meet with the media. You got to prep for the game. You got to sort out tickets for family. You got to bail your dad out of jail. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes Sr. arrested Saturday night in Texas. His third DUI. It's a shame Patrick Jr. can't throw him a few bucks for an Uber. Dad, get your shit together. You won life's lottery. Get a driver, name him Bitterman, and live like Arthur for the rest of your life. This is easy. This is not complicated. You should have explained to the cops that Brittany and Jackson were talking your ear off and drove you to drink. They'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. That totally makes sense. Sorry, sir. Let's let's call a cab and get you home. That's how hard parenting is. Even when your kid is the best quarterback of all time, you still have to throw back a few to survive the stress of it all, right? I got a kindergarten kid who fled the classroom last week because she she had to be chased down the hall by a teacher because she thought a gerbil was going to pee on her. Cue the Jägermeister. Parenting's hard. This is the 58th Super Bowl. I believe it's the third without Tom Brady. So that's fun. That's nice when you can. 49ers Chiefs. That sounds like an actual beef from American history. Average Super Bowl ticket price, a record $10,700. It's about the same as a month's rent in LA. It's, It's a lot of money. Can we get Brady in here to do a little deflation? The Super Bowl is so expensive. At this point, your best chance to see it live is to get really good at football and play in it. (laughs) Sure, 10 grand sounds like a lot, but you also get a 13-minute Usher concert. So that's nice. Usher, Usher's a funny name for a singer. So like the ninth most important person at a wedding, that's what you name yourself? Hey, NFL, can we cool it with the Roman numerals at this point? L-V-I-I-I sounds like the name of a singer I never heard of who might be in a halftime show. Like, next year it's going to be Super Bowl L-I-X. It's a travesty if Kiss isn't the halftime show. That that would be ridiculous. If Lick it up. Uh, I'm going to start using Roman numerals when people ask me how old I am just to hide my age, confuse them, leave them in a little... I'm XIV. See you later. What is that? 50 plus five minus one. It's confusing. All right. I've been pitching this for years. I want an undercard game. Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl's at 630 Eastern PM. You got all day. What do you, I want a 2 PM game that the two teams with the top two picks in the draft play for the number one overall pick, right? Bears commanders winner gets Caleb Williams fun. Or not, get the one and trade it for three ones and a two and a receiver you never heard of. Whatever. You you do whatever you want. Trade for the number one. Play for the number one overall pick. That's fun. Punxsutawney Phil's got a 39% accuracy rate. I can't believe it's so low. The Falcons signed to be their quarterback. Like, that's our wheelhouse, baby. 39% sounds a little high for our quarterback. Sometimes Phil sees his shadow retreats like the Falcons offense. A groundhog would actually be a better mascot for Atlanta because in Atlanta, the same thing happens over and over and over and over. 
Hey, look, we're seven and ten again. We <laughs> six more weeks of winter. He gave us could be worse. Could be six more weeks of Pro Bowls. That would be bad. You know why the Pro Bowl is sponsored by Verizon? Because you have to call around to find someone who gives a fuck. That's why. Flag, flag football, which for the quarterbacks, not really much of a change. Football with no tackling. I've seen that. I'm a Falcons fan. I'm not interested. Can we take it easy with the Taylor Swift hate, America? CBS showed her for 44 seconds in the AFC championship game. Less than 1% of the broad. Take it easy. Weak-ass men. Not scared by powerful women. She's good at stuff, and she's successful and rich and beautiful. You can debate beautiful. I think she's beautiful. Uh, and the conspiracies. Let's say you're jaded and suspicious, just as a pus, just as a for instance. I get it to some extent. I understand it's a complicated world and things aren't going your way. And But what's more likely, seriously, an elaborate conspiracy involving hundreds of people fixing the games and it's always been kept a perfect secret or that two people fell in love and the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl? Oh, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. It must have been fixed. It's the best quarterback of all time and the best coach. And they got a great defense and they play in a weak division. It's like the fucking Patriots all over again. If the Panthers are in the Super Bowl, maybe you look around like, hey, what's going on here? If the Falcons, I give these rigged conspiracies one star, as in, if it's fixed, why haven't the NFL ratings darling Dallas Cowboys sniffed a Super Bowl in 28 years? Why didn't the Bills win one with DeMar Hamlin holding the fucking... Of course, that there would be so many more better scripted situations if you were scripting. Speaking of the Cowboys, Dan Quinn is the new commander's head coach. He's the perfect match for Washington, D.C. He's old, he's white, and you wind up thinking, this is the best we could do. This is the guy. Okay, all right. New Panthers coach Dave Canales. Not sure I'm even saying that right. He's, he's new to me. Dave co-wrote a book with his wife a year or so ago. Among other things, he had multiple affairs, cheated on his wife at the bachelor party. Boy, I hope he's better at keeping the playbook a secret. It sounds like co-writing a book with your wife. It's not really what happened here. It's more like signing your name to all the terrible stuff she made you confess to. Like, yeah, I did it. I was a drunk jackass. Jim Harbaugh reportedly making 16 million a year. That's like a good whiteout. That's not even that's not even like great whiteout money. That's like good. That was less than I thought it was going to be. All the talk about the money and the thing and the teams couldn't get him because he was too expensive. 16 million. What doesn't even we know he's not blowing all of his money on expensive pants. You know what I'm saying this is the same pants he's been wearing for the last 30 years. I'm not saying Belichick is having a hard time finding a job, but he just hit me up on LinkedIn. He's selling defensive play designs on Fiverr. Maybe Bill will start an OnlyFans page where he seductively removes his sleeves. Huh? Huh? <laughs> hey, Bill, we could always use another writer here at All Pro Lines. You know, you, you'll know we hired him when all the punchlines are on to Cincinnati. All right. 
The new spring football UFL announced its inaugural schedule. You can read more about it at nobodygivesashit.com. <laughs> we should, we got problems at the southern border. Can we just send the Bosa brothers down there to any of these big? We should just liquidate the UFL and send those guys down there to tackle people and process paperwork. Seems. And finally, here's a throwback joke. We did this one before, but now it's new again. Today, just like an hour ago, Le'Veon Bell story broke. Le'Veon Bell wants to make a comeback to the NFL. He should sign with Philadelphia. Perfect place for a bell that's not working. Huh? That's the closer. That's the closer on the joke part of the thing. All right. Let's check in on the uh oh, I got some, got some. All right, let's check in on the comments quick and we'll bring in our our guest, our boy, our man. Uh <laughs> Jerry Oliver says, I've come to the conclusion that people on Facebook don't know the meaning of a joke. There have been some touchy threads on the all pro lines of jokes on Facebook. Oh my goodness. It's uh, crazy. Uh, the groundhog's handler said he's never wrong. He just sometimes gets, it just sometimes gets lost in translation. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Da, da, da. Bill Horner's in here. Ewan's back. Jonathan, appreciate you guys. Ryan Chambers. All right. Let's bring him in. Super Bowl week. We got to have his take on things. You know him. You love him. Longtime friend of the show. Big time contributor. Brian Miller, everybody. Hello. You know, I realized when I was writing that joke about how we needed more writers for the segment, I was sort of a, advocating for getting rid of my own position. It's kind of <laughs> like one time I was at a bank. And I was just cashing some checks. And the teller was like, you know, you can do this in the machine, right? I was like, nah, they're big checks. I wanted to come in. She's like, well, it works the same as the machine. And finally I said, you know, you're talking me out of your job right now. <laughs> I'm the reason you have a job right now is that I'm still cashing these checks. That's what <laughs> Tom I was doing Simmons used to have a great joke about uh, the toll booth operators going on strike. He goes, maybe you shouldn't go on strike if you could be easily replaced by a basket. <laughs> He's got he's got the toll booth operators out there on the picket line. He's like, more money. He's like, shit, we're working harder now than we were just sitting in the booth. <laughs> toll booth operator, I always thought, was the perfect combination of easiest and worst job. Oh. There's nothing easier. It's the easiest job. But also, it is, it you'd is want to die. There are so many jobs that I, as I walk through the world, I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful that's not what I do for a living. And that one you think of every time. Every time I hand every somebody time. a quarter or a ticket or whatever, I'm just like, whoa, this is a weird one. You're in that you know, cramped little booth, but then there's all the traffic on all sides of you all the time, all the exhaust view. I mean, it, it, it is one of those where they're like, we replaced you with a robot. Great. I'm just going to go be homeless. This is better. <laughs> it is, there's no inside jokes you don't get to talk to somebody for longer than 12 seconds <laughs> just like dude 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 just there's no oh it's so weird what a weird job <laughs> yeah and no one's happy to see you of course no and like, I would, you're, like you're, cents, your job is a function <laughs> of a of a failed bureaucracy your job is because we couldn't agree as a culture that we should add a penny to the gas tax and so everyone <laughs> yeah, has to exactly. stop and fucking give you a dollar. It's the dumbest. A toll booth is a symbol of failed politics to me. That is that is very interesting. I never heard it put that directly. And you're right. And it's also interesting that 
show me the city places with the most toll booths and I'll show you the dumbest places to live a lot of times. <laughs> like Chicago's all toll booths. Northern Indiana, all toll booths. You know, you never like is Madison, brutal. Wisconsin's full toll booths. It's like, no, Madison's beautiful. They're, they're doing things okay there. <laughs> <laughs> it really is like, because we couldn't agree to pay for the roads as a culture that we have to have a person and pay benefits for them to take a dollar and for all of us to slow down and use our brakes and then accelerate and waste the gas. And, oh. you know, there's a whole universe and a bureaucracy taking care of this operation that shouldn't exist at all. The environmental impacts of toll booths actually have to be huge when you consider the fact that all traffic has to slow and start all the cumulative wasted gas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and wasted like time and opportunity yeah. and you know, it, they're terrible in every, in every way. It's because we, it's because we fail as a, uh, anyway, that's, that's what I think of when I go by a toll booth operator. It's like, and you're so, a symbol of human failure. You know? <laughs> oh. uh, hilarious. So uh, how are you, buddy? What's going on? Where are you? Yeah, I was jokes? just at the uh, Omaha Funny Bone. Uh, ah, I haven't been there in years. I used to really love that place. Yeah, um, uh, Colleen said hello. Uh, very nice. Colleen is still there. Oh my goodness, still running the show. I, I would say with an iron fist, but it's more like a, it's more like a magic glove or something. You know, she's like, she's like, she's got got that Lewis Lee mastery of it, where she just like politely nods and everyone's like, we know what to do, and her staff's just great, and it was an awesome club. Yeah, very well run. Uh, I loved it. I'm happy to hear that. That's cool, man. I wish. Yeah. I wish I had some radio exposure in that town. I'd love to go back and work that club. I could, I could yeah, I, really, I wish you would too. I'd go back and feature for you. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but I, I had a really good time there. And then I'm going to uh, the Caravan to headline this weekend. Nice. Louisville. Everyone Louisville. Go see Brian. Yeah, well. Louisville Comedy Caravan. Come on, come on out. Save that club. That one is one of those, like, every time I work it, I take a picture because I'm afraid it's not going to be there by the time I'm supposed to come back. <laughs> it's so delightfully old school, you know? It is. I love it. It's. Oh yeah. It, it's not pretty to look at with the lights on. It's a little grimy, but man, Comedy it's got heart. Be, though. I really believe that. You know. I agree. I th I kind of like when they're a little grimy, and yeah. that one's grimy for a reason. It's been there since like '81 or whatever when when the boom happened. It, it's been in the same spot, and it had every Tim Allen, Jay Leno came through there, Roseanne. All the way, all the way through, like the whole arc of modern stand-up comedy has been through that room, and it's the same. The stage is in the same spot. It's probably the same fucking rug in there. <laughs> yeah, I was I was bummed when they, um, you know, they moved before they closed the comedy cafe in Milwaukee, and I was bummed because the cafe had been there forever. They hadn't moved the stage. They had the same carpet, and I remember headlining there and I'm thinking like. Bill Hicks stood right here and headlined right on this carpet right. on this spot, and now I'm here, and like that that. The specific of the space is like you can't replicate that. There's some magic that gets in the space. I agree with that, man. When I did the, uh, there's so many rooms that really have that, and there's something sad about when they move too. You know, like mm -hmm. even when they're successful and they move, you just get a little like it's never quite the same somehow. It's like you cloned uh, your dead pet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, still, it's close. <laughs> You're glad it's there. You're happier it's there than not. It's not. <laughs> you clone your grandmother. It's not quite. The baklava yeah. is not the same somehow. <laughs> but it would take your grandmother like 60 years to be your grandmother again. Your, your cat's your cat again in like a year. 
The grandmother's a big time investment. You're old by the time. Yeah. I do get anxious <laughs> when clubs move, even when they're successful. And and yeah. even worse, like because they're successful, they're like, well, we, you know, this is like a, it only seats 122. We're moving up. Like now you're going to kill the magic somehow when you go to a different place. <laughs> yeah. The Atlanta yeah, punchline is still good, but it ain't what it used to be. In that old location, man, it's so much. Ah, those walls were filled. Everybody did that one. And every week when I was growing up in comedy, it was, you know, just, just, just Jake Johansson and Brian Regan. Every week was a fucking killer in that place for like always. If, if for people who believe it all in haunted houses or the idea of like spirits or energy or vibes like if okay if haunted houses are real then a, a great comedy club's gotta be the opposite so many people had such a good time here so intensely for so long that, right like if the evil bleeds into the walls there's gotta be some like spill so many brilliant creative characters came through and so many drinks yeah. and laughs and hugs and you know, dates and reunions and friendships and you know it's i agree if you're gonna if you're going to believe in the bad side of it, at least embrace some of this stuff, right? Why it would not? have to be true. Plus, even for the most part, even comedy club bad things are usually become funny. You know, like the heckler who gets kicked out of the weird drunk or the, the super high lady who, you know, falls asleep. Like at Acme, this was, a, I don't even know if I told you this, like maybe six months ago at the open mic at Acme, uh, an, an astonishingly drunk, I think high on some other things as well, uh, couple or lady came in, and, and wandered downstairs into that like lower, lower, the sub basement where they have like the escape room and more of those offices and oh, disappeared. Right. And we had to launch like a five comedian search party during the show with the help of the managers to wander around downstairs. It took us 20 minutes to find this girl in like the bowels of this old building. She was sleeping under a stairwell. What? Yeah. <laughs> Even if it was happening, it was like the Hardy Boys in the case of the missing, you know, floozy or whatever. And uh, so we were like had flashlights down there. We were having so much fun looking for this girl and making jokes. And it was great. So the stuff like that, where you're like, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, honestly, the manager probably wished it hadn't happened that night that he was working, but it was super fun for us. <laughs> and everything oh. worked out great. See, that's another club that has so much history and just so many good mm -hmm. comics and so much good management and good crowds and smart people that were enjoying comedy mm -hmm. and the sound is good and the ceiling's low and the walls are stone. And it's just like, it's got heart, man. It's so great. And I've been going there forever. I told this story when I was there, you know, the story that that's where I, I used the payphone in the lobby to get the results of my first AIDS test. That's how long I've been going. <laughs> I to love that's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> that was three decade long girlfriends ago. We had, we had, we were kind of new and we both got, we both took AIDS tests and mailed them off and you had to call and get the results. And of course there's not a payphone in the lobby there anymore, but that's what right. I, that's what I stood there nervously like, Oh boy. <laughs> Here's the funny thing is what if it was positive? Like you had to show you, that night, man. And you're just standing at a comedy club payphone like, Hmm, that's not good. <laughs> And at the time, it was way scarier to get AIDS. I was going to say this now. was pre-Magic Johnson shows us the way. Right, right. This is like it's pretty much a death sentence. You know, it was terrifying to get an AIDS test results. Back. You know what I find interesting, and I just did it, and I see why we do it because it's actually such a nice story. When Magic Johnson got AIDS, it was so sad. It was 
you know, the AIDS crisis was so terrible and Magic was such a beloved guy. And it was just, it was just such a gut punch of a story. And so then now that Magic has, has persevered and he continues to live this like successful, healthy life is so great. And so it, I, I totally see why people like use him now almost flippantly as this like positive sign. But people always talk about Magic cured AIDS or Magic beat AIDS. I'm like, what about the doctors who developed all those drugs that he takes yeah, right. to keep him alive? Like, we don't credit the doctors. It's like Magic did it because because he dunks, he also beat AIDS personally. <laughs> it's like he beat AIDS in a game of horse and he gets to survive or something. It's like, no, he's a very healthy man who got excellent <laughs> medical care. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He, he, he was but lucky. He couldn't be happier. And he was in the hands of doctor. Right. Maybe and he was the face. doctors into like Magic Feldstein or whatever his last name is. And he was the face of the arc of figuring out this disease, right? Yeah, totally. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's at the talk time, nobody was like, this is going to be inspirational. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not at all. No. No, we had to fight about whether or not he was allowed to play. And what if someone yeah. was bleeding on the court? We had some ugly conversations. Woof. Yeah. But That's I guess it got swept under the rug a little, you know. Of history. It was a scary time. I I understand the initial like, oh yikes, you know. Um, all right, football. What's going to happen? What are we doing here? What what's what what's gonna what's gonna be? Well, I'm flying back from Louisville very early, so <laughs> not as much. Oh, on I had the, the same radar. thing. Yeah, I'm flying. If my in, flight's I mean, late. I'm, I'm missing some of the game. Eight o'clock on in the morning or something. I mean, I'm flying in like bonkers. Or it was my only choice, obviously. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, I'm landing super early and I'm all set. I always feel like, I actually feel like the AFC and NFC championships are the end of football for the year. I don't even think of the Super Bowl as football. It's kind of its own thing. I like it, but there's so much around it. The football is kind of like part of the, part of the experience, but the Super Bowl is really this like mega capitalist cornucopia of clout chasing and cash in tie in i'm not even saying that now. i enjoy it i watch the whole thing um yeah no i hear you it's it's, it's, it's kind of like, like new year's it's when the, yeah, exactly. or like the oscars isn't a movie right. it's kind of about movies but the, you know movies are a little part of what the oscars is so the super bowl i always like oh football's over <laughs> but we'll find out who wins the super bowl um i think it'll be a pretty good game i think that oh, i don't know I think it's funny for all the complaints about the same teams are in it and all this conspiracy talk and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's pretty hard with a call. It's pretty tight. Yeah. Lineup matchup. I mean, I think it's one of those, like, do the Chiefs drop a bunch of balls and their receivers screw up? There's no doubt Mahomes is going to play well. There's no doubt their D is going to play well. You know, if they catch the balls and the, and the kicker does all right, then they'll probably win. But then there's a world where they just fizzle. I, I, I think the 49ers are more likely to be the most consistent team regardless. Uh, I mean, you know, Purdy could throw three interceptions. That could happen any game to any quarterback, but almost yeah. any quarterback. But I think, no, I think um, the Niners are going to be the Niners. And the question is, with the, are, do the Chiefs do the thing where they're looking like they did the last couple weeks or maybe, you know, midseason? Right. Yeah, I just <clears throat> were you surprised when you heard the spread? Because I was like, wait, what? What is the spread again? I heard it early, but what is it the now? The Niners were favored. They came out two and a half and they two went and down half, to yeah. one and then it sort of settled in at by two-ish, depending on where you're looking. But if I, I had if, if I had a you told me I had to put a hundred dollar bet just to win, I would put it on the Niners because I it's not that I'm so confident in the Niners, but I I do think they're gonna consistently be a good team. 
and play well. Whereas the Chiefs could turn in a bad performance. I just feel they like I feel like the Niners barely escaped the Packers, and then you know, like, and the Chiefs like went to Buffalo and went to Baltimore and dominated both of those games. Mm, they have yeah. the best quarterback in the history of the NFL, and the other guy was literally Mr. Irrelevant. Like, how do we not make Patrick Mahomes a favorite in this game? I'm just, I was just surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, agree. I mean, I, I, I just think you've seen Patrick Mahomes' team let him down so much this year. Um, they really have. I mean, that Kadarius yeah, Tony's you're, you're props not wrong were about that. Yeah, you're right. Staggering. And so there were just times his team was just letting him down. I don't think Pat Mahomes was ever playing bad football. Um, and also, you know, I'm gonna say Andy Reid's schemes didn't seem quite as inspired early in the season. Maybe you know, maybe Andy Reid is kind of got a little of that. Um, LeBron vibe to him at this point. He's been so good for so long that he's like, I'll turn it up when I need to be. Because for me, in a sense, right? Like he's like, I got some cool shit thought up. Let's sit on that till a little gets a little colder. We're gonna be fine in October. Maybe I don't know. I heard some talk this week on the radio that uh, if if they sustain this course, that Andy Reid will be in the conversation for best coach of all time. If they win another. Two or three He's got Super the same Bowls. Problem is Belichick, though. But he is, did have a better run without his superstar quarterback than Belichick did, right? He was winning in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb, and sure, you know, yeah. But he had Vic. I mean, he had some talent. It was crazy. Yeah, right? no, he's always had talent, but it's you know, I, I I think he's very good. I just mean that ultimately, all of his success, all of his great successes, which is to say, titles. And and all, and most of his playoff glory has come with an amazing quarterback, and it's the guy that say people say maybe is better than Brady. So I think he still has that. He's very very good, but is he in fact the partly a product of his association with a, a generational quarterback? Absolutely. So it's, you can debate how much of it it is, right? But that's yeah. absolutely. I mean, now, I, if he won a Super Bowl in Philly with Michael Vick, and now he was doing what he did, I'd say okay. That's interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, there's there was no way to separate. I mean, I think there, you know, there there might be quarterbacks who would have been stars who got on the wrong team with the wrong OC with the wrong developmental path, got their confidence broken. I mean, the idea that everybody rises to the level of their like pure talent, I think it's just a fallacy, and, and I think that has to go with coaches who aren't even playing, right? So it's impossible to separate like scheme from talent, success from luck. All these things are. It's all it's all a mishmash, right? But I mean, right. when you, the only argument against Belichick, I think, the only argument is it was Tom Brady, and I don't think that's the most wrong necessarily. It's the only argument against Brady. The argument still goes against uh, against Andy Reid. But that's at good. the time, like I in the in the is it Belichick or is it Brady debate? I was I came down on the side of Belichick, and I think I was flat wrong. I think Brady is more important in retrospect. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I put it this way. If you, if I told you the Falcons could have Caleb Williams, right, and then he's going to be, like, at least close to what we think, right? He's going to be really good. But then they're going to get, like, a doofus coach who's okay. Mike McCarthy, let's say. Or would you rather have Belichick and Derek Carr? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think there's a question, right? No, it's very easy. You you, you definitely pick the quarterback. I, I it's weird. I didn't I did 
five, ten years ago, I would have had a different answer. Yeah. No, I think it's – and I, I do think it's it's a combo. It has to be a combo, which is what makes it an interesting question. Um, but it's uh, – yeah, I, I think ultimately go with the players on the team. Yeah, you know, I agree. The guy's doing the thing, especially quarterback. Or somebody like – you know, some of those exceptional guys, like you watch a TJ Watt, and you're like, you could put this guy on any team with any crappy scheme. TJ Watt is going to do some awesome things, you know? Yeah. It doesn't really matter who his defensive coordinator is. It helps if you have a good defensive coordinator who can maximize TJ Watt. TJ Watt's gonna blow your blow your socks off. Same as Pat. Marks. Yeah, but when you're talking about the elevated tippy top of the pyramid, yeah. like they are they are game wreckers and game changers. Whereas if you you know, you put the best coach in charge of the Carolina <laughs> Panthers talent roster this year, <laughs> they're still the Panthers, man. <laughs> I don't think Frank Reich was the problem. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's it's right. When you bring a when you bring a great coach in, he doesn't change it that year. It takes a puts a whole. It, he's the yeah. face of the process of changing everything. He doesn't come in and change it. Whereas, if Tom Brady gets dropped into that situation, it's immediate. It's the team's better immediately. Um. All right. Let's do. Uh, let's do one of the things we do. I'm going to give kudos to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that's what I was going to do. Really? Yeah. He, he, I think he proved he's the, I listen, this is a weird, this is a weird reference today on the way to school, which by the way, school was almost canceled today. This is the, this is proof of the pussification of America. <laughs> we almost canceled school today because it was raining. That's how soft we are in Los Angeles. Well, that's like an LA cliche, right? Is that it rains and people in LA panic. It was really a problem. <laughs> was it like People, was it like flash flooding? I, I w- there was a flash flood warning twice. My phone had the thing and don't go out. You're in the verge of death and don't leave unless you absolutely. And you look around. It's like the old Bill Hicks joke of like you look around and it's like, yeah. it's, like it's, just, it's just raining. And they and they mentioned our specific locale and it's like it it's like any. 4 p.m. in Florida, where it rains and the puddles kind of impact the street a little bit. Sure. Like, all right, it's raining. Shut up. Let's go to school. What are you doing? Well, sp- I don't know. by a road comic, by the way, who's driven through every management of weather. I was and- just in North Dakota where they told me I needed to have a candle and a coffee can in case I get stuck and I won't die and bring a snack and some water and some matches. And yeah, I know. I, I, I find it uh, weird and puzzling. Anyway, so drive, we did go to school. They, they changed the alert. Last night at 11.30, I got the alert with the don't move out of your house till 9 a.m. because of fear of death, because of flooding. And then this morning, it was whatever. They had changed their minds and school was on. Uh, so on the way to school today, one of the DJs, it's like a friend of a friend story. So I, I don't know. But according to the DJ, uh, one of his buddies was a nanny for the Mahomes family. And she was there like before even the whole plane took off in terms of the career arc of Patrick and said he has been menschy and easy and pleasant and laid back and easygoing and likable the whole way through before fame, giant fame, monster fame. 
And Brittany started off somewhat normal and became a raging, bitchy lunatic. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's true, but it does read as possibly true to me. And when you watch the interviews with her and you watch the interviews with him, and even the dad, I've heard a couple of interviews with the dad is getting his third DUI this week. And the, the brother is kind of a goofy kid and some of the chaos around and the temptation. Patrick Mahomes has kept his head on straight and is the most fucking likable, normal human possible. He, to me, he's LeBron-like where the whole world is like bowing to him and he's still like a nice person. It's amazing. So kudos to him. That's all I'm saying. It's almost exactly what I was going to say, actually. And I thought Seriously? I had this counterintuitive take. And the reason I was going to do it was there's been, I don't know if you've picked up on this, there's been a weird little burst of Patrick Mahomes hate going on in the last few weeks. It's Brady. I've heard a lot because he's won it a lot. And I, and, I, right. yeah, and I really think it is <clears throat> as simple as people get tired of the same narrative, right? People. One of the reasons... There's plenty of reasons right. not to like Tom Brady if you don't want to like Tom Brady. But one of the reasons is people were just tired of seeing him win. You know, they want to see the Lions win and they want to see this team in the Super Bowl. And, they, you know, right. they, understandable, right? We Sports is a narrative as much as it is a contest and for a fan. And we want these narratives. And so, and, and he becomes the enemy. He becomes the face of the reason the Ravens aren't in the Super Bowl and the yes. Bills can't get there. He becomes the bad guy to some of these fan bases. And that's part of the reason that I ended up hating Brady. So I get it. I don't sure, have exactly. that from Mahomes, but I totally understand it. Right. But then, you know, with Brady, there's also the like, you know, he's so like handsome and he's married to a supermodel. There's always going to be, <laughs> there's always going to be that. I mean, he, he has other, and, you know, deflating the footballs and I mean, he there's was plenty a of theater. Yeah. He had the best coach of all time. He had the easiest division of all time. He left. All he had really to do was beat the love, Jaguars yeah, that, and the Titans to go to a Super Bowl after he had a bye for the first. I mean, it was just the easiest greased path. Sure. Ever. I mean, he dumped a pretty beloved actress and left his like young child to be with the supermodel. I mean, just as a narrative thing, that's pretty bad. And we PR never hear line. that part. That's true. People leave that out a lot, but people forget when he ditched Bridget Moynihan, it was like, whoa, dude, isn't she currently holding a tiny baby? Like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't care. I'm just saying, like, there's plenty right. of fuel. I feel like the Patrick Mahomes hate is, like, 90% based on the collective narrative that we just want a different situation. And yeah. that Mahomes is the face of the Chiefs and Mahomes is on the commercials. It's kind of your classic, you know, we, Ben Affleck was the coolest guy in 1999 and the biggest lame in 2007. Like, well, what was the difference? I don't know. You just saw seven years of Ben Affleck or eight years of Ben Affleck and you got to <laughs> – but like he's still bad. I didn't do anything wrong. That's a good point. Yeah, I agree. And I, I just—it's kind of annoying. And like I said, I, I do think the quarterback documentary series from Netflix dinged him a little bit, only because people thought his wife was really annoying. Which what they thought I don't know. that before they were just—they were looking for it and they found it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and of course, there's also the someone in the comments. Evan, Evan's Evan's talking about the the conspiracy. Now. I mean, there is the conspiracy stuff. I mean, I, I but the conspiracy people are always going to be there, and of course now. I mean, now it's so much as like you've got this weird sudden – really, and I say sudden as in like four days ago, there's this like some part of the right wing is like really angry at Taylor Swift and, and because of the Travis Kelsey. This weird – I mean, this is kind of brand new, and I don't know. I don't think it's as big of a groundswell as a lot of other people do. We'll see if this catches on. I think too many people just like Taylor Swift for this to catch on like the anti-CMA – fur or whatever you know these these were ran you know 
Bud Light. I don't think Taylor Swift's going to be Bud Light. You know, remember, I, I had a show canceled because people wouldn't go to the bar because they had a Bud Light sign. Like, what? like some of these, yeah, <laughs> some of these culture things catch on in a weird way. I don't think the Swift thing will, but it is, there's the conspiracy stuff and then tied into the Taylor stuff and, and all this. And, and it all kind of gets also pointed at, at Patrick Mahomes. But I, I, I do think when I, when I, I've had a few people be like, oh, I'm so sick of Patrick Mahomes. And I go, well, why? Just tell me why. And it basically comes down to, I see him a lot. And he's, some people think he's too cocky now, which I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. Is he any cockier than anybody else who wins a lot? He wins a lot. It's not cocky if you keep winning. I got to say, when I watched, again, it's one director's choices that what you see out of the mountain of things. But I will say it, it made me like him even more because off the field, he's not even a little bit cocky. He's the most diplomatic, kind, thoughtful guy you've ever seen. And on the field, he's like, you mess with the wrong motherfucker. It's great. Yeah. It's such a great combination. I really fell in love with it even more. That's what I you want, right? He's in really? the moment. He is so focused and competitive, and it's really fun to watch. And yet – off the field, he's like the nicest, easy go. It's a great combination. I love that. Yeah, that's what we're like. You want Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? He's the Terminator, but he's kindergarten cop, right? He's, <laughs> you know, he's the machine gun commando. And then off the field, he's the president's fitness guy. And he's holding up little kids on his arms. And, you know, like that's we, we like that. We love football players who are like, oh, he's possibly a criminal on the field. But off the field, he's charitable and sweet. And he has five kids and his lovely wife and all this. Stuff, you know? And that is what we want. And I, yeah, it's like, who doesn't want that kind of cockiness? And also, I don't think, I think he's pretty brand savvy, but like, I mean, to really, I, as much as I hate to invoke this guy, I mean, the, the slipperiness of a truly brand savvy guy like Aaron Rodgers shows that Mahomes is kind of just being like, almost like an old school politician, like diplomatic and focused and being a regular guy, you know? Right. Whereas like, the, I mean, Kelsey is a truly brand savvy guy in a way that Mahomes just is not. Yeah, I think that's true. And he's the kind of guy who's going to wind up with a flashy girlfriend and Mahomes isn't. Again, to me, that makes him so much more lovable that he's still with the same woman from before the fame and before the thing. And she's, I mean, he's actively catching shit from the populace about what a pain in the ass she is. And he's hanging in there with her, which I, you know, I've been through ups and downs. I've got no judgment, but I, I think broadly that makes him even more likable because he's just like a regular dude like fighting through life and trying to get through you know i he could have easily dumped this girl and found some ridiculously gorgeous character to show up to the things with and he just he isn't that guy at all i think it's great or like a media partner which is what a lot of these guys are doing i mean you can't tell me that part of the travis kelsey taylor swift attraction isn't oh you're into branding I'm into branding. Your brand is big. My brand is big. I, our brands look so cute together. Like, there's no way that just they happen to have this vibe that, it, oh, and you're among, I would say, like in the top 25 most brand savvy human beings in America in an era where the attention economy is everything. And, and it just so happens that by sharing your slivers of the attention economy pie, you actually double it rather than split it. Like, I mean, yeah, it is. It is interesting. But what I don't agree with, and I think you're with me on this, is I don't agree with if you can, after the fact, recognize that a thing has worked well, that you go back and decide that it was like a marionette game from the very beginning that they set it up to be this way. Like because the NFL gained $300 million in estimated 
you know, bump from Taylor Swift doesn't mean that they set it up this way before it even started. It's of course, wherever Taylor Swift goes is going to create a bump for whatever that is. She goes to an Italian restaurant one afternoon. You know? <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. You can't, no, I think you're uh, totally right. And I think, I think, I think it's people's misapprehension of how things work in general in media and celebrity, which is that like, no, if anybody knew how to plan this stuff, they would because it's a gold mine. But what what people, both Taylor Swift, I think, as a person and her team, don't forget her team. There's a huge team working on this, but she's the compass. There's no doubt. Um, they're they're seeing what works and they're steering in this direction or that. And you know, people always they forget the little detours you made that didn't work out as well as long as the the big ones go well. And you know, I mean, you could look back all the way to the Madonna playbook from the 80s. You know, it's like, I don't think Madonna was like, oh, I'm gonna, in the 90s, I'll switch over to Vogue culture or whatever. It was like, no, nah, man, she did her thing and then she needed a new thing and she kind of grasped around and she found a new thing and it worked and she just followed that thing. And right. That's yeah, right. it's the idea of these grand conspiracies standing around, like, it, it just doesn't work that way because if it was that easy, it's like when people tell you, we'll just have a viral video. Oh, okay. Sure. It's like, that's hard. You should do, uh, you should get on Netflix. I get that from people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Why don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that a lot. And I have a, here's my, my capsule theory of Taylor Swift, by the way, is the reason it's such a big deal. There's no monoculture. She's the monoculture now. There's very few things that count as monoculture. Almost nothing. She's it right now. So what happens is then you get all these other outlets. I mean, CNN is a clout chaser like a person used to be. Everybody's clout chasing. Everybody's click chasing because no one knows how to monetize or revenue anything. But there's one thing they know is that Taylor Swift is monoculture. You put her name in a headline, you put her photo on a thing, you sell X percent more copies, you'll get X percent more clips. And so then everybody does that, not because they care, but because they're clout chasing. But then that only increases her clout. And then as her clout goes bigger, it becomes increasingly the number one source for trickle down clout as it were but right. back in the day in the 90s there would have been 10 people in the monoculture this big there would be you know julia roberts and troy aikman or whatever you name your people there'd be a few athletes a few actors a couple of singers who were the monoculture we just got one now there's just the one i mean even beyonce anymore i don't think is quite quite monoculture like I, i'm guilty of that myself at, at, at about a month ago i was kind of i was trying to study a little bit about the all pro lines facebook page because there's that's had some real explosive peaks here and there and i realized almost by accident i didn't i literally didn't know it until i went to look to try to figure out what was happening i looked at like the top five memes of the season and three of them were taylor swift and i was like oh well i didn't even I don't even think of the world that way. But that week I sat down and tried to write some Taylor Swift jokes because I was like, oh, that's what the that's what the people want. I can write Taylor Swift jokes. And everybody's doing that. And right. it's but it's circular, right? Because it's it's right. echo chambery. Um right. it's no one's fault. No one it's no one's controlling it, you know. It's it's just, right. just a thing. It's a force. Right. All right, let's do uh let's do another one of our things we do. But now it's time for which comes first. Oh, yes, it's time for which comes first. Now tell me, will this happen before that happens? It's time for which comes first. I am fascinated by the Bill Belichick situation. I can't yes. believe he didn't wind up in one of those several jobs. That's weird to me. I think he got 
kind of hung up on the first one and then it didn't work out and he was already like out of the conversation. I think he wanted too much control. I think he's had a little bit of a dent in the reputation from the last couple of years. It's just like a perfect storm somehow. So also I love the idea of, you know, like a running back will just like a really good running back. will just hold off until there's an injury. Does that ever happen in the coaching world? We're like, <laughs> we're well, like, you know they fire someone five games in and then he just waltzes in there. Is that, that's never happened, right? They never brought no, in the, someone. A QB does that every year, right? Like if yeah. I was Russell Wilson and I'm not signed to anybody pretty soon, I just go, all right, I'm just going to keep working out. Someone's yeah. going to need a quarterback in October real bad. And I'm right. going gonna, gonna to be starter as soon as I go in. I think it's a perfectly reasonable, rational choice for a big star name that's on, but that's never, I can't, has it never happened? I've never, I can't think of an example where that happened with the, with the big name coach. You no, know, but you know, I think because with a coach, what you really want is their scheme and their staff and their process. And right. I, I mean, changing coaches in mid season is pretty much always a disaster. I mean, usually you're thinking we're really just trying to make next year not suck. So we'll get a right. couple of we'll get a couple of wins. Hopefully, we'll test out you know Anthony Richardson say uh, in Vegas. Right, well, right. He, Anthony Richardson, pretty good coach. Um, but I don't think the Raiders make that change thinking we're going to make the playoffs because of this. I think they're thinking maybe we'll make the playoffs next year if we don't have this crappy staff. Um, and obviously, right. it's a little different when it's an interim coach because right, if you were to let's say, oh gosh, I don't, know. I don't know, some coach you know get, gets axed, you know the. I can't think of Antonio Pierce had a good run this year when, you know, for the Raiders, when he came in, I mean, it seemed to at yeah. least the buzz to the outside world looks like he changed the culture immediately and things improved. And, and now they the hired Vikings him as a full-time thing. Cause there's everybody's either winning or they're new right now. There's so many new coaches, but the Vikings coming O'Connell, right? He's all right. Um, let's say O'Connell loses a whole bunch of games to start. And the Vikings are like, man, we can get Bill Belichick. It's going to be pretty harmful, though, to take, okay, so now we're going to fire the offensive coordinator, the quarterbacks right. coach, the line coaches, all these players who've been working with all these different dudes in all these different areas, all brand new. you got to learn all new stuff. you got a week. It just doesn't work the same as, like, you know, you plug Baker Mayfield into a game. He can improv on the field, and he might, he might do you pretty good next week. Yeah, there's another radio thing I heard today that one of the, one of the sports broadcaster guys was saying he predicts a – Bill Belichick sort of a year sort of in and media in some way. And there'll be sort of a whitewashing of, Oh, we like this guy and he's good at this and he mm -hmm. understands. And, and he had such a great run and next year there will be a bit of a clamoring for him and he'll get a job again. And he also had a great point that whether he said admits it or not, Bill wants that fucking Shula record and he's, he needs two years to do it. So he's going to coach year, somewhere. By the well, way, it's, I think it's like 15 or 16 wins total to get the record. <laughs> it would have taken him a while with this Patriots team. Let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah, that's like a 10-year run. <laughs> um, that's my point, right? Um, yeah, I think – I mean, there's no way to know. We weren't in these contract negotiations. But I got to assume the reason Bill Belichick doesn't have a head coaching job right now is even if he – maybe he didn't want to be the GM, but probably. But I think he's like Matt Patricia – and my boy Steve. He wanted the whole thing. He wanted right? the whole character. And I gotta tell you, I don't I have faith in Bill to do something interesting. I think especially if he were to change up his ways, he might be surprised what newness he could shake loose in that old brain, you know. I gotta tell you, if I owned a professional football team, I would have a poster up on the wall that says Matt Patricia not welcome. 
Yeah, yeah. No matter sure. what happens, Matt Patricia cannot be in my building right. for any reason. I don't. I don't want him to buy a popcorn at the stand. Uh, you know, and, and and I think a lot of those Patriots guys, but especially Patricia, it's like, dude, you have sucked at a lot of different places. Yeah, he really has had a bad run. <laughs> I wouldn't want to think about in my building either. And I, I, and a, I understand, and I, I'm not in there. I'm not an expert. I just, I there's a, there's a part of me that's like, he's done it so well for so much of the time. How do you have the balls to stand here and go, you're not going to come in here and rework the falcon situation that we've been killing with for all these years like who cares what your situation is get rid of jump mckay and the thing and the higher who cares it's bill belichick like there's a part of me that's like what the fuck what is it that you're defending being one of the most disappointing franchises for <laughs> the whole run of the fucking thing like what what is it that you're afraid to switch up like a part of me feels that yeah, I think age, the ageism I saw in the comment is is part of it. I think there's a sort of a fallacy of like, well, these new the, any new guy could be the next Belichick. We, you know, the next Sean McVay, the next you know right, Wiz right. Bank. That's, the That's why we see right. all these guys from the McVay tree getting hired, right? Um, right. And 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 I I think there's some logic in that, and I do think you know ideas get old. I, I mean, I, I, there there's something like you said. If you're a crap team, I think you're as likely to hit the lottery ticket on Belichick still being good or coming up with new stuff as you are like a lot of the young guys, you know, they don't pan out so well, at least not in their first run, you know, maybe right, Raheem right. Morris is going to turn out to be a great coach now, not so much the first time. Um, it seems like the Belichick lottery ticket is a little better odds than the random young guy lottery ticket. Absolutely. So if you're the Panthers, you're like, if I'm David Tepper, I'm like, listen, I clearly know nothing about running a football team. I'm terrible. I've screwed up everything and everybody I've yeah. hired has been hamstrung and the scheme sucks and everything's bad. Right. We'll turn it over to Bill for three years. If at the Why end not? of three years it still sucks, we'll try somebody else. Then we've lost nothing. Right. We've exactly. lost nothing. <clears throat> I, I agree. I, I think the, the Belichick lottery ticket could still pay off bigger than more people. And I, I do think he will have that year off. He'll go in the booth a couple of times. He'll make a couple of jokes. People will be like, oh, uh, he's sort of funny. Uh, surprised how personable right. Bill Belichick is. I mean, the dream. I think Greg Rosenthal from the NFL posited this. There's a world, right? Because Brady's supposed to be in the Fox booth next year. What if yeah. Fox hires Bill as a commentator and you get a couple of Bill in the booth with Tom? <laughs> how wild would that be? That That's would be like the, its own marquee thing of like, what's going to happen when they talk to each other between plays? I also i I know this is this is not the best part of me, but I do have a. There's a little bit of me. I want Brady to fail at broadcasting. <laughs> it's a different skill. Oh, me too. Oh, I don't want it's, Brady to be. It's good. not the I same know. skill. Some people are good at being a football player and broadcasting, and so we associate that. It's like being a comic on the stage and doing radio well. Those are not the same skill. And some people are very good at one and not the other. I and he's going to work his ass off. He's probably in a room right now with a fucking green screen and practicing and working on reading a teleprompter and practicing with some weird game from the past. And he's definitely going to do all the homework and give himself all the chance. But he, there's still a non-zero percent chance that he flops. And I think that's compelling. It's interesting to see what will happen next year. Because they're kicking out Greg Olson, presumably, who has been fantastic at the job. I, it's yeah, going to be I, I also, an interesting story arc. I think, yes, there's a non-zero chance he flops, but I think there's a likelihood that he's, you know, he's okay. 
he's, he's going to work hard and he's not dumb and he's got some media savvy. But also, Tom Brady's not a – I mean, like, Tom Brady's just not a super compelling character without a football helmet on, I don't think. Like, he's interesting, married to the supermodel and all that. But, like, Tom Brady as a talker, Tom Brady on SNL, Tom Brady in interviews, eh. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I think. That's what that's what made me think of it in the first place. I was like, he's brought me around a little bit in the last couple of years because at least he's self-deprecating on social mm-hmm. media and he's kind of he's funnier than I expected him to be. But he's not Mr. Charisma. He's not super likable in the way that you think he would be. <laughs> no, so you got, said he's funnier than you think he'd be, which is fine if he's not supposed to be behind a microphone being interesting every minute. Right, right. Hours. That's a much higher standard than you know, the guy from your office is funny once a week on social TV, media. You don't want to go right. see him do stand up for 45 minutes. Right, right. You know? It's very no, I, I think there's a I think Belichick would probably counterintuitively be more interesting behind the mic than Brady. Because I think he'd but only to more... only to hardcore football nerds, because Belichick is completely charisma list too. I mean, well, it's just it's just because you know that he's the he, the breadth of knowledge and football zeal that he has is. Compelling. I mean, he would be the third man in any booth. He was definitely not going to be obviously play by play or main color right, commentary. Right. But I think as like essentially the grumpy old man who's like grumbling. I think oh, he would be funnier than you think as the grumpy old man. No, no, okay, I would I love to see that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not I hope even Brady against him. Yeah, I hope Brady gives this. I think he should just be like, you know what? I sold enough cookbooks for five hundred dollars. I don't need to be in the stupid booth because I. <laughs> I do not want to see Brady in there, but I, I, if, if I have to, I would like to see one because I don't think he and Bill Belichick get along very well anymore either. Anyway, which is kind of intriguing. Right. That is interesting. All right. So the question is, which comes first, a Belichick head coach hire mm-hmm. or Bienemy or one of these other sort of top names that we keep hearing that don't get a job? Like, I, I'm surprised. Uh, what's his name? The the guy from uh, Tennessee didn't get a job. Vrabel? Too. Yeah. Vrabel. Okay. Belichick or Bienemy slash Vrabel, which comes first? I mean, I think it's tricky because I think the answer is they happen at essentially the same time. I the think same couple of weeks. Black Monday, let's say the Wednesday after Black Monday of 2025. January 2025, the, all three of those guys get jobs? I think uh, two of the three. And I think I put it at two of the three and Belichick's one of the two. I, I, I think that's like a, close to a certainty. I don't think any of those guys are going to become anybody's interim head coach. The Chiefs I will be in the fucking playoffs again, and the enemy won't be available for interviewing. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Again. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I would be real surprised if both – yeah, I, I think they're all on the line. But I don't I don't think anyone's coming in the middle of the season because I think, you know, I think you're, most guys are smart enough to know that – No, I don't think that I, – I, I don't think it's ever happened in, a, no. in, a, in the modern era. I can't think of a time where – you know, no, somewhere. the best case scenario is your assistant or your OC or somebody steps in and you go, you know what? We're keeping right. that guy, you know? Right, right. All right, we got a quick quiz and then we get a run here. Let's see. Uh... All right, all right, kids. Put your thinking caps on. It's quiz time. I just thought this was fun. Um, players from 143 different colleges have scored in the Super Bowl. How many times has a player coming out of Alabama scored in the Super Bowl? So the total is 143. 143 so different schools. Yeah. Um, you know, over the course of 58 years, it's a lot of time. How many uh Ooh. how many Alabama players have scored in the Super Bowl is basically the question. 
12. I would like that or higher. Curiously, the answer is zero. Whoa. And it will continue to be zero because there are no Alabama players on the Niners or Chiefs. Whoa. Isn't that jarring? That's wild. I thought 12 this, was going to be kind of dumb low. Now this, yeah. And this is, here's an asterisk because they don't count Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts scored transferred? three times and a two-point conversion in a Super Bowl, but he came out of Oklahoma after playing in Alabama earlier in his career. So there's a he little bit of a... one still a lot. Or still like a shocking number. Very yeah, low. right. I know. I know. I know. You could consider 143 different schools have represented. You know, it's yeah. kind of weird that Alabama doesn't have one yet. Yeah, that's fun bizarre. stat. That's that's a very interesting stat. Yeah, I know, right? I had to. I had it in the dock for a couple of days, and I scooped it out of there so you wouldn't see it. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I did not notice that. <laughs> What's well, great to see you, buddy. If you are living in the Louisville area and you don't go see Brian Miller this weekend, you're dumb because he's great at comedy. Uh, where else can people find you, man? Uh, I'm 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 doing some more social media stuff. I'm trying to I, you know do some reels, which I've never really done before. So uh, if you want to go on Instagram at Funny Brian Miller, I'm posting at least a reel or a clip or two a week now. I reposted one of yours, the the one with the dragon the casket joke. I love that joke. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's one of my favorites. That's uh, <laughs> that's really fun to tell live. People sometimes people get really upset. That one's that one has electric pop to it in a live space. Like you, yeah. Like, if I had that line in my menu, I would be saving that for the situation where I needed it most. You know, like that's a good one. It's fun. <laughs> Brian Miller, fun. everybody. I Enjoy the Super Bowl out there, you knuckleheads. Yeah. It's the last week of football for a long time, unless you count the spring football league. Should we do a quick prediction, by the way? What do you think? What's going to happen? I'm going to go Chiefs 27, Niners 21. You just told me the Niners are going to win. You had your $100 you're going to put down on the Niners. Um, I, I told you, you I told it? you it was either way. You kind of talked me into it with Patrick Mahomes saying, you're like, I'll go with the best quarterback. I go, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll give him. I think it won't be that close. I think the Chiefs win easily by 10, say by 10. Let's say it's okay. 30, to, 30 to 20 or something like that. Hopefully we'll get to play these back next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Great to see you. Thanks for doing it. Hey, quick programming note. We're going to do a uh, Super Bowl wrap-up next week, and then we're going to downshift into about once a month, as we've done in years past. So thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy the big game, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. This is the fade-down part, Brian. I'm fading. I'm fading it down.